Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And as always, it's great to be with you, especially on this Sunday, the third Sunday of Lent. And every Sunday is a day in which we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Paschal Mystery. So rejoice in the Lord. St. Paul says, I say it again, rejoice in the Lord. So now let's turn to Mary, Mary Most Holy, and beg Mary to be with us. Mary is the mother of God, Mary is the mother of the church, and Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. We cry out to Mary and the Hail Holy Queen with these words, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's ask Mary to be with us, to walk with us, to pray with us, to encourage us, to guide us to Christ. Because as St. Louis de Montfort says, Mary is the quickest, the shortest, the easiest way to Christ is through the heart of Mary. Let's pray the prayer that Mary likes best, and that is the Hail Mary, together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners. <clears throat> now and at the hour of our death, amen. Now let's invite our spiritual director to be with us. What a privilege it is to have as our spiritual director the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also has many titles. He's known as the Paraclete. He's also known in the Catechism of the Catholic Church as the Gift of Gift. He's also known as the Sweet Guest of Our Souls. He's also known as the Consoler as well as the Counselor. 
The Holy Spirit is also known as our interior friend. And the Holy Spirit, of course, is the interior master. The interior master. And as an interior master, we're going to ask him to help us to pray better. As St. Paul says, we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans, so we can say, Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's pray the classical prayer to the Holy Spirit. And beg the Holy Spirit for a lot of light, a lot of peace, and the interior fire of love, as we say. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. Thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, it didn't strike the hearts of your faithful by the lay of the Holy Spirit. Grant us by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O Lady of Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's holy angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. So, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. So, on this Sunday in which we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, let us rejoice. The book of Nehemiah says, Do not be sad today. Do not allow sadness to take hold of you, but rather, May the joy of the Lord be your strength. Don't you like that? May the joy of the Lord be your strength. As St. Paul says to the Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord, I say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. May the joy of the Lord be your strength, and may the joy of the Lord be my strength. 
This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. And even our Blessed Mother teaches us, by in her Magnificat, she says, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So I pray and hope that on this Sunday, you'll experience great joy, the joy that comes from the Lord. So my friends, to build upon this joy that I wish for all of you, this true joy, I promise that I'm going to be praying for all of you in the Mass that I celebrate this morning. So right now I'd like to place you all on the altar. Place you all on the altar in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. By now all of you are firmly convinced, I hope, of the power of the Mass. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is by far the greatest and the most powerful prayer this side of heaven. It actually unites heaven and earth. So my first intention, I'd like to pray that all of you would have a very, very fruitful Lent. That's right. We're entering into the third Sunday of Lent, so we're we're moving deeper and deeper, and we should be going deeper and deeper in our love for God. As Lent moves on, so we should be climbing with the Lord. The mountain of holiness, as we did last week in the Transfiguration. So that's my first intention, that this would be the best Lent in your life. My second intention, I'd like to be praying for your families. invite you to pray for me. Yesterday I gave a retreat to the, a group called the Flame of Love, which is dedicated to for, trying to form good families. I gave it in the parish of St. Peter and St. Paul in Wilmington, in Spanish. And I gave two talks, one on the prodigal son, and the other I went through the commandments, explaining briefly each one of the commandments, how we can break the commandment, also how we can observe the commandment. And today in the, at about 3 o'clock, I'll be traveling again to Holy Family Church. They've invited me to give a talk in their retreat. Holy Family has a school called Our Lady Fatima. They've asked me to give a talk, and I'll be I'll be giving a talk on Saint Joseph and how Saint Joseph is the defender of the family. And I'm going to be speaking about the different attacks against the family today and the children. That'll be my topic: to place your families under the protection of the good Saint Joseph. 
whose feast day we celebrated yesterday, St. Joseph, the husband of Mary, we celebrate May 19th every year. So that would be my second intention, and if you'd like to click click on to, to view my talk, I'll be live streaming my talk starting probably about 3.05, 3.10. Many of my presentations I'm trying to do online, so as many people that would like to hear the gospel preached in Spanish and English, that can be done. And of course you can always go to my archives, fatherbroom.com, and go to YouTube and share this presentation and listen to it later. Take notes, at least mental notes. My last intention will be I'd like to pray in a special way for The situation in the Ukraine, that's right. Just that you're aware and coming in an, an overview of this week, a panoramic, eagle-eyed view, viewpoint from the vantage point of the eagle, you might say. I, we This week we have, on Friday is the celebration of the Annunciation of the Archangel to Mary. So, get ready for that. It's a celebration of the Annunciation in which Mary says yes to the angel. And the Word becomes flesh and dwelt among us. The most important moment in the history of salvation up to that point was that encounter between Mary, the angel, and God himself. Because with Mary's consent, in Latin, her fiat, the incarnate word takes place within the womb of Mary. And then, nine months later, December 25th, Christ is born in the stable of Bethlehem. So on that day, my friends, Friday this week, not only do we call to mind the Annunciation, the Incarnation of the Word of God through the Yes of Mary, but also a very special event will happen. That will be this. Let the Holy Father Pope Francis has already announced that on that day, March 25th, he will formally consecrate Russia and the, and the Ukraine. Russia and the Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. That gives me a lot of hope and a lot of joy. Because when Mary enters into history, miracles happen.
Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, my friends, works many, many miracles through Mary. Just one would be the the Battle of Lepanto in the 1500s where the Muslims should have defeated the Christians in a naval battle in Lepanto. But the Catholic Christians won through the intercession of Mary, Our Lady of the Rosary, Our Lady of Victory. So Mary can still carry out marvelous, marvelous works, marvelous miracles. And Jesus actually carried out his first miracle in the wedding feast of Cana through the powerful intercession of Mary. So this Friday is a day of great hope. It's a day of great hope in which we pray to Mary in some mysterious but powerful way. Mary will intervene to help to resolve this problem in the Ukraine. And it can be done. Mary said in Fatima that in the end my immaculate heart will triumph. In the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. So I invite all of you this week, building up to the culmination on Friday, to try to really pray a lot to Mary. Make sure you pray your rosary. Yesterday I said four rosaries. I'm trying to pray as many rosaries as possible to open up our hearts to the Immaculate Heart of Mary so that Mary, who God sends to earth, will be able to help us. Wounded, sinful humanity will be lifted up by our Heavenly Mother. Mary can do it. Never, never underestimate the power of Mary. I repeat, never, never, never in your life should you ever underestimate the power of Mary. Mary is very, 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 very powerful. Never, 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 never underestimate the power of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So, there we have, in a certain sense, a preview for this this week that we start off on Sunday in which we celebrate even in the season of Lent. We celebrate even the season of Lent, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, my friends, let's move on to the readings for the day. Sunday, you know, is a day in which we have special readings. We actually have three with the responsorial psalm. Here's an overview for you. 
first reading is a very key passage in the Old Testament and is taken from Exodus chapter Exodus chapter 3 in which we find the person of Moses and his encounter with God Moses encounters God in that experience with the burning bush. Moses encounters God by that experience with the, with the burning bush. And this encounter between God and Moses in the burning bush will radically transform the life of Moses. And how our lives are transformed by our encounter with God also. The responsorial psalm is taken from Psalm 103. The antiphon is, The Lord is kind and merciful. Those are two different attributes that we we can glean from God himself. God, the Lord, is kind and merciful. And of course, if the Lord is kind and merciful, he wants us to be kind and merciful also. And then the second reading is taken from St. Paul, his letter to the Corinthians. The basic message is St. Paul is saying the life of the people with Moses in the desert was written down as a warning to us. So what happened with Moses and in contact with God and the people that he would shepherd, it's, it, truly is, it truly is a warning for us. The gospel is taken because we're in year C of the cycle, there's cycle A, B, and C. Is taken from St. Luke chapter 13, 1 to 9. And the essential message that Jesus is conveying to us is this we are called to repent, we are called to metanoia, we're called to conversion. We're called to change our lives. And Jesus ends up by giving a parable of a fig tree that's planted in a field. And the owner tells the man that's tending the fig tree to just cut it down. Why should it clutter up the field? Because that fig tree was not bringing forth any fruit. 
Cut it down and throw it in the fire. Whereas the worker intercedes for the fig tree and says, leave it there another year. He says, I'll cultivate the ground around it. I'll fertilize it. He says, it might, it might bring forth fruit. If not, cut it down. And I think it's very clear that we are that fig tree. That we are that fig tree. And then, of course, the big question is, if we are that fig tree, we are that fig tree, what type of fruit are we bringing forth? It's a challenging question. We are that fig tree. What type of fruit are we bringing forth? And of course, the fruits that we we should be bringing forth are fruits of holiness. The opening prayer we have brings us back to the beginning of Lent, the Gospel for Ash Wednesday. Our fruits will be manifested by prayer and penance and almsgiving. Are we praying more and better? Are we practicing penance? Are we also giving alms? Those are three areas in which we should be examining our conduct, examining our life. Are we praying more and better? Is our life characterized by penance and conversion from sin? And last but not least, are we are we practicing charity, almsgiving? In charity, almsgiving, charity begins at home. There is a Spanish proverb that goes like this. Candil in la calle, oscuridad in la casa. What does that mean? Candil in la calle, oscuridad in la casa. I'll tell you. It really means this, that sometimes happens that outside our home, We can be very charitable, very joyful, very upbeat, very kind, very compassionate, very loving. In a word, charming. Mr. Charming or Miss Charming. Then we return home and we turn into monsters or ogres or three-eyed cyclops. There we are. And the point is we should be kind to the people outside our homes, but also we should be working on charity charity at home. 
That's right, charity at home. So let's turn now, my friends, to this wonderful reading and reflection, which is Moses. You might even call this the vocation of Moses. Vocation is a word that comes from Latin vocare, which means to call. Vocare, which means to call. <clears throat> God is calling Moses from the burning bush. We are all we are all called also. We're called into existence by God's love. We're born a second time through the sacrament of baptism. We have what is called, and I repeat this constantly, the universal call to holiness. The universal call to holiness. We're all called to become saints. Then we're called to become saints in our specific vocation. So let's enter into this passage and let's let's meditate upon God through the person of Moses. To the person of Moses. So we encounter Moses. Just a brief biographical sketch of Moses to see the whole context of where he is and what he's doing. If you remember, Moses was born, he has an older brother Aaron and Miriam, and the Pharaoh, seeing the Jewish people multiply, he's fearful that they might get strong and turn against him, so he makes this declaration to take all the male boys that are born and just throw them into the Nile River. So the mother of Moses takes Moses and puts him in a papyrus basket and floats him there in the Nile River. So the daughter of the Pharaoh sees him and has compassion on him. The sister of Moses says, would you like one of the Hebrew women to nurse the child? And the Pharaoh's daughter says, yes. So Moses' mother nurses him. And Moses grows up in the court of 
the Egyptians, in which he's being educated in the Egyptian language, in their culture, in their literature, in their social life. And there's a young man he sees an Egyptian, an Egyptian beating up a Jew, and he kills the Egyptian, hides him in the sand. Shortly after that, there's two Hebrews that are fighting, and Moses tries to break up the fight. One of them says, "Who are you?" Do you think you're our arbitrator? Are you going to kill one of us the way you killed the Egyptian? So Moses is aware of this has become common news. And it reaches the Pharaoh who intends to kill Moses. And Moses escapes. So after escaping... Moses ends up in Midian. And there are women at the well who Moses defends for being mistreated. And these women, they go to their father, Jethro, who invites Moses to be with them. And Jethro offers one of his daughters, Zipporah, to marry Moses. So Moses marries marries Zipporah and he works basically as a shepherd. A shepherd. So that's the overall context we have for the reading today. That's the overall context for the reading of today. So Moses has a father-in-law, his name is Jethro, Jethro. And he's tending his flock. Jethro is a Midian priest. So as he's tending this flock through the desert, He comes to Horeb, which is the mountain of God. So often you can see in this, Moses is tending a flock of sheep, and he's going to be tending another flock of the people of God. This past week, we celebrate St. Patrick. St. Patrick. He was kidnapped, and he ends up in Ireland. And what was St. Patrick doing? He was tending a flock also. Then he's eventually going to become the chief shepherd of the flock of the Irish people. What about you? What about me? We are called to be shepherds too. I'm called to be the shepherd of the flock that God has entrusted to me, the people of God. 
But what about you? What about you? You are also called to be a shepherd. In what way? You're called to be a shepherd because many of you are mothers and fathers and you have children that are your flock. You're called to tend them. But something's going to happen that's going to radically transform the life of Moses. That will be the following. Moses will have a powerful encounter with God. That's right. Moses will have a powerful encounter with God. And this must be asserted, this key concept. We have had an encounter with God. Otherwise, you would not be with me in this Perseverance family if you did not have an encounter with God. You've had an encounter with God and you have to be very, very thankful. In my experience in preaching and teaching and giving retreats and the spiritual exercises, as a priest now for more than 35 years, a little bit of experience, I'm noticing more and more because this is our charism, that people's lives are being changed through the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius and through consecration to Mary and St. Joseph. When we go through the spiritual exercises, with like Moses, we're in silence we're present before God himself in silence and meditation and reflection God speaks to us and he speaks to us often in a very powerful way he speaks to us in a very very powerful way through his word Through his word and through the Holy Spirit. So let's pray that our relatives, our friends, and maybe our children, maybe our adult children, would have an experience with God. They will have an experience with God. Have an experience with God. That will change their lives. So what was this experience that Moses had? Let's pray that this would really speak to us. And even though most of you have had a real experience with God, 
be aware of the fact that our relationship with God can grow cold. If we, if we don't fan the flame, we don't throw wood on the fire, then easily that fire can start to go out. That's right. We don't fan the flame and throw wood on the fire, little by little that fire can start to extinguish. And can turn into ashes or, or into dust. So we have to keep adding to the flame. So this is the experience of Moses. An angel appeared to Moses in the firing, the fire flame of a bush. So Moses is Moses is at the foot of Mount Horeb and he encounters God. He sees this, this bush that's burning. But the bush is not consumed. So Moses makes this decision. I've got to, I have to go over there. And I have to look at this remarkable sight and see why this bush is not being burnt. That's right. So Moses, with the flock, he draws close to this burning bush. But it's not being consumed. When the Lord saw Moses coming, over to look more closely, God calls out from the burning bush and he says, Moses, Moses. God calls Moses by his name. So what you might even do is imagine that you are Moses. That, that Moses is you and God is calling you. God is calling you to a deep encounter with him. He's calling you. God called us by name. We're not simply in a non, an anonymous cog in a wheel. But all of us have been called by name. And we're precious in God's eyes. 
And Moses responds in a very humble way, Here I am, Lord. And then God responds, and he says, Come no nearer. So Moses drawing close, God says, Hold off, hold off. Come no, come no nearer. And God says, Take off your sandals. Take off your sandal because you are standing on holy ground. You're standing on holy ground. So Moses is drawn close to the holiness of God represented by this bush that was burning but not consumed. Let's ask ourselves, what about us? What about us? Have you ever drawn close to the burning bush? Have you ever walked on holy ground? That's a good question. Have you ever walked on holy ground? I would tell you, absolutely, if you're a practicing Catholic. Every time you come into the Catholic Church, that's right, every time you come into the Catholic Church and you walk close to the tabernacle, or if you have a holy hour in which the Blessed Sacrament is exposed on the altar in the monstrance, You have approached holy ground. Take off your sandals. For that reason, the missionaries of charity, in their chapel, there's no furniture, just a rug. And when the missionaries of charity enter into that chapel, they take off their sandals is they recognize that they're walking on holy ground if they're walking in front of the tabernacle and the tabernacle is present, the consecrated hosts. That's holy ground. We should pray for a renewed respect for Jesus truly present. In the Blessed Sacrament, he is truly substantially present in his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the tabernacle. In the tabernacle. That's right. Then God reveals himself to Moses. He says that he is the God 
of his fathers, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses, out of fear and reverence, he hides his face before this burning bush. And God goes on to speak to Moses saying, I have witnessed the affliction of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cry of complaint against their slave drivers, so I know well what they are suffering. So for 430 years, it's a long time, for 430 years, the Hebrew people are slaves of the Egyptians and they're treated like slaves. God sees their affliction, God sees their suffering, and God wants to liberate them from the slavery of Egypt. Of Egypt. So God says he's come down because he has decided to free these people from the affliction and the slavery in Egypt. And God is going to be calling Moses to do it. This will be the vocation of Moses to go to the Pharaoh in Egypt to free these people from this cruel slavery. Now let's pull out some interpretations for ourselves. The word Egypt has a much more ex- much more detailed, extensive meaning. Egypt refers to slavery. Slavery for us refers also to sin. So much so that Jesus will say that sin is slavery. So in a certain sense, in this length, we have to look at our own forms of slavery. What what might we be a slave of? God is sending Moses to you and to me. Maybe God is sending me to you by means of my teaching and preaching. So we can break the bonds We can shatter and smash the shackles that are binding us. Maybe we are slaves of materialism. Money, possessions, and consumerism are consuming us. And God... Through this biblical passage, through my preaching, is calling us to to break the bonds. 
Maybe it's lust. We become slaves of our passions, of our eyes, of our imagination. So many people today have addictions. Addictions to pornography, addictions to sexual passions. Our Lord is coming to set the captives free. Moses, my friends, is a symbol of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As Moses was called to free the people from Egypt, Jesus came to free us from the Egypt, from the slavery of sin. He's come to set the captive free. Moses enters into conversation with the Lord. And he asks the Lord, Lord, well, if you're going to send me, you're going to send me, what is your name? What is your name? What am I what am I to tell them who sent me? And God gives to Moses this name. It is Yahweh, but in English we would say I am I am who am. I am who am. He's the one that sent me. God spoke further to Moses. You shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. Thus I am. Thus I am to be remembered through all generations. It's a very mysterious word, but I am refers to existence. That's right. It refers to existence. We came into existence at the moment of our our conception, then we were born, we came into existence. However, there was a time in which we did not exist. Not with God. The book of Revelation says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is immutable. God never changes. Because not only is God immutable, but God is absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. So, my friends, 
this is a very, very powerful reading today. Very powerful reading. This reading is the vocation, or we might say the call of Moses. And I think we conclude with these words. As God called Moses, God also is calling you. God is calling you to, and me, to a deeper encounter with him. The burning bush is symbolic of Christ present in the church, in the tabernacle, but also God present in your own prayer experience, your holy hour. Then we have to recognize our God is a holy God, a three times holy God of Isaiah. That is, God called Moses to take off his sandals before him. We're called to take off our sandals before God also. In reverence before the holiness of God. When you go into the church, make sure you enter into silence and you make a reverent genuflection in front of the three times Three times holy God. And in this season of Lent, we are called to break the bonds of slavery, which that which is that of sin. So in these holy days of Lent, you might even ask yourself the question, what is the bond, the slavery, that is in my life? And ask Mary, whose feast day will be celebrated this Friday, that she would crush the enemy by her prayers. May God bless all of you. And on this Sunday, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. And as Nehemiah says, this, do not be sad today. Do not be sad today. But may the, may the joy of the Lord be our strength. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.